Welcome to the BJU Press Teacher Edition Podcast, where Christian educators are encouraged and inspired as we bring you interviews, practical ideas, strategies, and answer your questions about teaching in today's culture. And here's your host, Jenny Copeland. A new school year is getting underway, and your classrooms are filling with students and new ministry opportunities. While you're busy establishing your classroom routines and expectations and working hard to get into your materials, it's vital to not forget the importance of building relationships with your students. You can present material all day long, but are you impacting them as individuals? That's where we're headed in today's episode. So thank you for joining in. You will not regret it. Just a reminder to take a minute to follow us on social media, Teacher Edition Podcast on Facebook, and Teacher Edition Pod on Instagram and TikTok. By subscribing to the podcast, you'll be notified when a new one drops in each week. Personally, I rely so heavily on subscribing to the podcast that I enjoy because of the busyness of each day, I just don't even think to go check to see if there's anything new. But that subscription lets me know and it helps me not miss any of those episodes. So we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and add it to your week. Don't forget that we are also looking to share and answer your questions. You can submit a question by going to our website, teachereditionpodcast.com. You'll see a button there, and recording a quick question is just an easy click of a button. I look forward to getting those questions and seeing them come in. So we're talking today about the important role of relationships as we teach and guide children. It's not all about the books. So I'm so excited to have Emily Snodgrass joining us for today's discussion. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. I have had the privilege of crossing paths with Emily a number of times over the past years, and most of those times have been connected to her work as a missionary in Peru. Emily was born into a Christian home and accepted the Lord as her personal Savior at the age of four. Even at a young age, she had a burden for foreign missions, and God used her family, her church, and her Christian school experience to grow that burden, and she surrendered her life to the Lord. God used his word and circumstances, including a missions trip to Puerto Rico, Spanish language preparation in high school and college, camp counseling experience, studying studying women's ministries at BJU, and graduate studies in education to call her to Peru as a missionary in 2008. For eight years, she had the privilege of teaching full-time in a bilingual Christian school in Lima, while at the same time serving along veteran missionaries in a church plant located in the poor Manchai district. In 2016, God led her to move to a remote corner of the Andes Mountains along with a Peruvian missionary in order to aid a national pastor. She worked extensively with the children, the teens, and the ladies. In 2020, she created a course for the Peruvian Baptist Bible College. In this course, she teaches ladies to develop children's, teens, and ladies' ministries for their churches, since they would be returning to the mountains and the jungles to serve in the churches there. I think it's quite evident that Emily has surrounded herself with ministry opportunities. And each time I hear an update on Emily and her ministries— it's so evident that she's not just there to teach the content. She's there to build relationships and impact lives, all while at the same time teaching and instructing. You know, those two go hand in hand in her ministry and in our ministry. And I really feel, and you can just tell that the Lord has blessed that in her life. And that's where I'd like to park today. 
The model and importance of building relationships to better reach students is not specific to foreign missions and teaching. It's a model that needs to be practiced anywhere and everywhere. But so often that relationship element is forgotten or lost. It's sacrifice on the altar or getting there faster or getting there different or completing a program or winning an award. So Emily, let's start with the basics. Talk with us about how we should go about building relationships with students. I think it's helpful to start by organizing our thinking about what we do as teachers. So I think a concise way of thinking about what we do is to understand that we serve God by serving two groups in two ways. So obviously we know that ministry is serving God for his glory. Um, but those two groups are always there and they are the believers and the non-believers. And we always have a mixture of those in our classrooms and in any ministry where we're at. And uh, I like to think of 2 Corinthians 5, where Paul says he's called, Christ has called us to be ambassadors, and he wants us to be saying to them, be reconciled to God. So we are serving the non-believers by helping them understand the gospel and come to God the first time, and then we're helping the believers constantly be walking in a relationship of reconciliation with God. So really, as believers, that's what we're doing constantly, all the time. And then as teachers, we have these two ways to do it, which are to do it formally and informally. So I like to think of it that way. So when we're in the classroom, that's our formal opportunity to instruct and we even have objectives and we have to evaluate how we're doing in our progress in the students and we have schedules and this goes for the church too because we have um, also programs we have everything planned out how we're going to do it during the class but uh, we also have this whole aspect of informal ministry which really is what you are talking about which is building relationships. And it seems to me that formal ministry is dead without informal ministry because the informal ministry is really what's going to give life to what we do as we give content and as we instruct uh, our students in any place that we're at, whether we're in the church or whether we're in, in school. So schools are fast-paced. There's much to do. There's much to cover. Their success is often measured in how much material they cover and how high they achieve and how they rank or place. The measurement of impact on individual students is not often measured, and sometimes it's even forgotten. So what would you say are some of the benefits of building a relationship rather than just delivering content? That's a good question. Um... Well, I would say, going back to the very foundations, God has called us to, to glorify Him. And when I am concerned about a student, uh, their relationship with God, going back to that, be reconciled to God, when I am, am going to be helping them walk with Christ in that kind of a relationship, 
then I'm glorifying God. And I am doing really what God created me to do in the very beginning. He created all human beings to glorify him. And of course, because of sin, all of that got messed up. Yet, because we can be reconciled to him through Christ, we have this opportunity to glorify him. And now we can. So I would say that's the greatest benefit. I'm I'm actually doing what God made me to do in the beginning. I'm glorifying him by seeking that reconciliation to Christ, helping other people come to that. And then, of course, that's treasures in heaven. And that those treasures in heaven are really the, the evidence that we see in the lives of these people that God has used us to influence. And wow, I mean, there's there's really nothing greater. The, the benefits are so great to, to building relationships with our students. And then, of course, there's always immediate blessings to obedience. And we see that throughout Scripture. When we obey God, there are blessings. In, and there are many, many of them just in the everyday walk. But I would say probably the greatest benefit is, is eternal. And it's something that doesn't ever fade away. Yeah, exactly. So being realistic, serving people takes work. It takes time and effort and energy. One pastor I know even went so far as to say that ministering to people is messy. So what would you say are some of the challenges to building relationships with our students? Thank you for that question, because obviously I don't want to make anyone think that, oh, it's just so easy and everything is wonderful. We obviously have a lot of challenges and well, if I think it, think about it, I'm, I would say probably the greatest challenge is, is myself. I, would say. I am my greatest challenge because I have this uh, flesh that dwells in me that is always tending to be selfish. So I think as teachers, one of the greatest challenges is uh, are our selfish desires that, that we have. And those selfish desires we are constantly battling. And then, of course, because we have those, we also have a lot of bad habits because we haven't been battling them as we should. And so I would say probably those those are some of the greatest challenge that, challenges that we have. But then we go back to God's word and we have so much hope and so much help in the Holy Spirit to be overcoming those um, selfish desires and bad habits. And it's interesting that that battle uh, and that overcoming of those things is really the example that we should be giving to our students anyway. And if we have a good relationship with them, a relationship that is closer than just that, maybe a cold, formal classroom relationship, then they're going to see those battles that we're having and they're going to see also our growth. And I think that is, that's wonderful. So it's interesting that even out of the greatest challenge, we could have some of the greatest benefits that we already mentioned. And then of course, obviously I have my own flesh, but the students do too. So we have the the students' flesh to contend with and they also have their selfish desires. They have their bad habits. And um, well, <laughs> That's also, again, the place where we can 
help them as they see us and how we are fighting against those things. We can help them fight against those things. And it goes all the way back to the beginning. You were saying that walking in a reconciled relationship with God, always walking in repentance. Um, and then, of course, the other things that are challenges, as we see in the Word of God, we have Satan, who is always there, who is obviously not wanting this kind of relationship to take place, and he is going to be attacking in every way that he can. So that is uh, one of our great adversaries, and then the world. And obviously, uh, we see in our world today so many things, maybe we feel it more than, than we've ever felt it before, and all of that bad, just wickedness really, all that bad influence is attacking our relationships with our students, attacking them. And so those collective pressures that are against them and then even specific people that are there, those are all challenges. But again, going back to we have God on our side, we have Christ who is um, who is stimulating us to walk with him and wanting us to to obey him, and we just take those small steps of obedience. So the challenge is uh, we shouldn't make impossible in our in our minds. We have uh, so much help from the Word of God, from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, those are so realistic, and I appreciate that you ended with hope in that because, like I said, working with students is hard, but that is what we're here for, and we we don't have to do it alone. We have Christ there, and. He gives the grace and the strength that we need to do that. So let's take this right into the classroom. Let's put overalls on it as we say, we'll make it work for us today, wherever we are. So what are some ways that teachers can connect with their students at school and maybe even outside of school? Do you have any suggestions? Oh, yes. And that's another great question, because um, if we can't make it practical, then it won't be so helpful for us. So well, I think of the example of Christ, and the first thing that comes to mind is that Christ was always going apart, going to another place, and praying. So I think we should always start there as teachers. We need to be praying and follow that example of Christ. Um, also, we see Christ, he was going to weddings, he was... Uh, having evening conversations. He, oh, I'm making that plural, but you know, we see him doing all of these different things. He was he talked to the woman by the well. He went down and mingled with the paralytics that were beside the pool of Bethesda. And so here we see an example of Christ going out and doing many things that are not what we would consider formal ministry. And he was doing so much ministry. He was serving people in that way, serving a lot of unbelievers in that way, but also his disciples, so the believers as well. So first of all, pray. And then as you pray, put feet to those prayers. And you, I think some of the greatest ways to, to get involved with our students, especially in American culture, is to go to sporting events because we have a lot of opportunities to see sports or things that are like sports, different kinds of hobbies. There are so many different things that our students are involved in, learning. 
And so we can we can go to those things, we can learn about them and be able to have conversations with our students about those things. Uh, board games, I like inviting my students over to play board games at my house because it, obviously you're able to disconnect from the cell phone for a little while and have a great interaction. And it's just a great way to build rapport with students so that in other times they feel comfortable talking with you because they've seen how you react, they've spent time with you. Obviously, you can have different get-togethers. I think uh, food is a big thing. And uh, no matter your age, no matter what age your students are, everyone loves to eat. So if you have a time that you can gather together and have some kind of food or make some kind of food together or even go out somewhere else uh, to enjoy food together. And then, of course, there's always the the classic go visit somebody at their house. Um, I do think that most people feel most comfortable in their own homes. Now, they might maybe not feel so comfortable the first time, you know, a teacher comes to visit, but that is the place that they live and they do feel comfortable there. So if we can go there and see them there and talk with them there, I think we can really um, make some some great strides in building relationships with them. That, so that would be outside of school, all of those examples. And then in order to get to those places, even to where we, we can invite them to do something or invite ourselves to, to do something with them at school, just the be friendly. Some of us have more friendly personalities than others. And uh, we all know by this time how we are. So if we know we don't tend to be so friendly, then we can really make an effort to be friendly to the students, to be interested in them, show that interest by asking questions. Um, we can go play with them. I mean, really, almost every age, probably the younger that they are, the the easier, but even high schoolers, and, and I would even say here right now where I'm at at the Bible college, they love to play. So playing sports with them, playing, um, playing, just uh, having fun with them, um, going and sitting down and talking with them, kind of just inserting ourselves into their world and inserting ourselves into their little groups even. Um, is a really great way to build those relationship bridges. And if I could just tag along there at the end, I think something that is so important is to be a person of integrity, not to be one way in front of our students or one way in the classroom and then a different way somewhere else, but just to to live how God wants us to live and understand that we are not perfect. We, we have so many flaws. We, have, uh, we struggle with sin and, and not try to always be hiding uh, things, but actually just live in open repentance. And when we, when we do sin and if we begin to develop those relationships with our students and they become closer then we were going to be sinning more, I think. I mean, not more, but it's going to be more evident because anytime we have closer relationships with people, it's always more evident, our, uh, our shortcomings. And so if we would just have that humility to 
ask the Lord to forgive us and then ask them to forgive us and not always try to put forth this um, persona of perfection that we don't actually have. I think that's really important for building relationships because I think we all like to be around people who are truly humble and who are truly who they are portraying. So I think that's probably key no matter what we do with uh, our students. Yeah. It, people love people who are real. I think just being real with them, like you said, just, and that, yes, that does take transparency and a little more exposure of yourself and who you really are, not just I'm standing up in front of the class presenting my material, but here's who I am and making that connection. I think you're right on in what you shared. I love a couple of things, especially that you pointed out, of asking them questions. And I think as teachers, we become so busy you know, when the bell rings, we have a few things to do really quick before the next class comes in. And we don't take time to just stop and ask them about them as an individual, you know, how things are going or about their interests or their sports. So I love that. That's something easy for our listeners and for me to remember is just ask questions, take time instead of just being so busy all the time. And I was thinking about actually, as you were sharing, we're talking a lot about making connection with students. But as you do these things, such as visit them in their homes or go to their sporting events or whatever, you're really making a connection with parents as well. And what a great relationship to build there, because obviously you're teaming with them to assist their child to come alongside their child and train them both academically, but also in the ways of the Lord. So I kind of have a dual connection there. So I love that. I, I guess a theme I hear is intentionality and building relationships has to be a priority. We really have to take time for that, be intentional about it. And you demonstrate that in your in your ministry there. And I think you've really demonstrated that and shared that well with us today, Emily, and I appreciate that. So we actually received a question that has to do with ESL or ELL students in a classroom. And I know you have worked with a number of students from different areas and different languages. So I would love to pick your brain with one last question, if you don't mind. So let's listen to this question that has been sent in. Hey there, my name is Laura and I'm from Westchester, Pennsylvania. And my question is concerning students coming here from other countries um, that may not be familiar with uh, our language. Um, so what are your suggestions for how I could start reaching a student when I can't speak their language? Uh, I, I definitely want to show them that I'm on their side, but, you know, there's that language barrier there. Uh, so do you have any suggestions for, for where I would start with that? So I know that's a scenario I've encountered several times that I'm sure many of our listeners have as well. So I appreciate that one coming in. What would you recommend, Emily? Yes, that is a great question. Um, you used the word intentionality, and I think that that's definitely where we have to start. So one of the things that, that we can do that might sound really hard on the surface, but it's not actually too hard, especially if we just take little baby steps, and that would be to to learn some words in the language that this child speaks, some phrases. And uh, those kinds of things, we can, we can get online easily and uh, write some down. I would definitely say in order to start to build a relationship bridge with them, you need to start with a paper and a pencil or <laughs> the computer and write down 
some phrases, some words to show that interest in getting to know them. And then I think I would probably go back to what I was saying earlier, just trying to spend time with, with these students in as many ways as you can. It will feel limited, and that's where sometimes we, I think, I know I have felt, we feel uncomfortable because we don't know exactly what to say in this moment or exactly how to say it. And I know for myself, um, that can be a barrier, that um, feeling of, of being uncomfortable. But if we'll just push through that, and even though we feel that way, just make ourselves still, I mean, even with hand signs, with the few words that they are learning, and boy, if, if they're young, then we have a lot of advantages because the children, they just, they grow so quickly in their understanding of of the English language, being immersed in it and everything. But just those same things. I know when I lived in the United States, I also had opportunities to do tutoring um, for No Child Left Behind. And so I, I went into the houses of uh, people who were immigrants, you know, and they the parents didn't speak English. The children spoke a little bit. And it just amazed me how excited they were that I was coming to their house, that I was going to sit down with them. And of course, this was a program where I was getting paid to tutor them. But we can do the same thing. We can we can go and 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 meet them. And a lot of times, people who are immigrants, people who have a, a different cultural background, if I could see it this way, are thirsty for. Um, good relationships and interaction and things like that to understand the the culture, to get to know it. And, and um, maybe that's not always going to be the case, but most of the time it seems in, in my experience that people want to get to know people. So they, they're welcoming and they are in the same position because they don't understand the language a lot of times. And so that camaraderie that you can just show them, even just by spending time and and trying not to feel uncomfortable, <laughs> just pushing through that uncomfortable feeling and um, showing love to them, being like Christ, spending time, even if you don't say a lot, being there, just being there. And then, but that intentionality of writing down some things. And then every time you see them, something new, something a little different. How do you say this? Have them pronounce it for you. Try to copy that. And just that little, if I could even call it like a game of pronouncing the words and going back and forth in that way is going to show that you love them because you're taking uh, a lot of interest in them, a lot of time to, to be interested in them. So I don't know if it, hopefully that, that might help a, a little bit. There's probably not a, a super perfect formula for it, but uh, it does take work and intentionality and not allowing that uncomfortableness to overcome us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love how you connected it right back to our theme for today of building that relationship. And they will learn when they know that you care. And there are just some things that transcend language barriers. Students may not speak your language, but they can still sense when you're on their side and when you want them to succeed and they can see that you care. And honestly, this opportunity is a perfect example of this, what we talked about this entire podcast. And if you focus on ramming through the content, you, you have to learn this vocab, you have to learn this content, you're missing it. You're missing the most important element of having that child in your class. And 
Honestly, you may slow down the pace of that child even adapting and learning the language if you don't even show that you care about them. So as we've talked about, relationships are so important. And practically speaking, having a child that doesn't speak your language or the language in the classroom can be and will be really tricky. And you mentioned that. And it can be awkward. I love that you use that word because I think that summarizes it even better. It is just awkward. You know, there are a number of resources to help those children. There are simple strategies, like you mentioned, some of them speaking slowly, using pictures and gestures, you know, checking in on their understanding along the way. When you start teaching your class, making sure they're with you, there's a careful balance on pushing too hard and too fast and not pushing enough, you know, and which results in them existing in their own little subset of the class because they can just be left out so easily. So it's good to set goals so you don't just wander and depending what their age is, it might just be something like adjusting how many spelling words by a certain date or Bible memory verses by a certain date. So you're pushing them gently, but not overwhelming them. And it really may mean just adjusting assessments temporarily as well. So when they're sitting there right there in your class, the rest of the class may need to take a test or may need to do some other type of assessment, but something like changing fill in the blank to matching. So at least they have a word there instead of just trying to pull it out of the air. And it's just a careful line to walk to be sure you're still assessing the appropriate objectives. In these situations, we can easily unknowingly shift into assessing their language knowledge instead of the knowledge or concept of the concept. And that that's really tricky. So I guess lastly, I'd recommend just careful and close communication with the parents as well. And you mentioned sometimes the parents don't know the language either. So maybe there's an adult in their life where you can connect with them so you can best help them instead of just relying on, you know, total hand gestures or whatever it may be. If they don't speak the language, including someone that could serve as their interpreter so you can best understand their needs can, you know, help you help them succeed. I've seen this scenario several times as well. And in each case, Children, oh, like you said, they get up to speed so quickly. I wish I had that child brain again. <laughs> but they're being so successful. And in each situation, it was because I saw a teacher who didn't buck at the scenario. They didn't buck at the situation, but they had a love for that child and a willingness to do things a little bit differently in their class for the sake of that student. As we talked about today, the teacher's relationship with the child just made such a difference. I don't know if you have any other closing comments on that or anything else that popped in your mind. Well, and I think um, just remembering that we're here to glorify God and that will help us keep the the balance there. And yeah, we, we do part of glorifying God, obviously, is fulfilling the objectives that we're asked to do. So we have to do that well. Um, but keeping that supreme goal in front of us of, of Christ I think that if, if we can do that, then we will always um, be doing that informal ministry, which I think is more of a lifestyle. It's, it's just who we become and who we should be, that even asking questions, like you mentioned before, being interested in the students should become a part of who we are. And by God's grace, he can, he can make us into those people that are becoming more and more like him. So what a great God we serve and what a privilege it is to be used by him. None of us deserve that. It's such an awesome privilege. So just thankful, thankful for that privilege to, to be involved in people's lives. 
Emily, this podcast has far-reaching practical applications, and I just want to say thank you for your example of building relationships in order to better serve and teach students, and I want to thank you again for your time today. It was a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for joining us today. I hope you were challenged and encouraged as I was. Remember to go to teacheraditionpodcast.com to submit questions for upcoming episodes. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. Now, it's time to get back to your day. But it's not just any day, because every day in the classroom is your day to impact and inspire through God's power and His grace working in you. Now go do what God has called you to do. Thank you.